0: The Morning Sports Desk, available on demand on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and WadenaRadio.com.
1: It is the Morning Sports Desk for Monday, February 12th. My name is CJ Baumgartner, back by uh, popular demand and the fact that my vacation time ended. Uh, Corey, how's it going?
0: Were people clamoring? Is that uh, while you were on vacation? They were just like, "Uh, CJ, you got to get back on. You got to get back on the MSDs. He's flailing without you.
1: Yeah, it was my wife, mainly because she's like, you need to get out of the house. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome Uh, back. How was vacation? It was good. Uh, It was really good. Uh, I got to go to Florida, which is slightly warmer than it was last week. But I'm glad that I could bring the cold temperatures back to Minnesota for this time of year. So uh, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, We're going to go over proper airport etiquette in a second, because last time I went on vacation, we talked about... uh, talked about just vacant like vacation etiquette. Now we got to do airport etiquette because I saw some people that uh, failed at that. We'll talk about that in a second, but first okay. uh, we have our local connection for the day and that's an a thousand point score in park rapids. Uh, Corey, yep. you got a little bit more on that?
0: Well, yeah. Um, uh, uh, girls basketball player, Gabby Schapersky scored her 1000th career point in a game on Friday and I got to see her play earlier in the year, a mid-state game, conference game in Staples. And that Park Park Rapids area team, in general, can when they decide they're going to fill it up from the outside, they can really, really fill it up. And Gabby is kind of the uh, the the ringleader in all of that. She can really pour it in when things open up for her. She had twenty-one points. Uh, in the uh, seventy three to seventy win over East Grand Forks, she becomes the tenth panther player in program history to get to that one thousand point marker. So really high praise for Gabby Schapersky and a thousand career points. it's a it's a big deal.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you know we've talked before about three thousand point scores when we talked about Orline and Greenway, but you know a thousand points is still something that's still kind of the gold standard for a player in typical fashion. And to get to that point is super important. So congratulations to her. It's very Uh, cool. Very cool. Uh, So moving on to uh, off of that, let's get into airport etiquette. So Corey, are you ready? I think so. Yeah. Okay. When, how many times have you flown in your life? When is the last time you have flown in an airport?
0: Oh, it's been, um, not like a ton. I don't have like a, a ton of, of traveling abroad or things like that. Um, last Christmas, two Christmases ago, I guess would be the best way to put that. We did a big family, uh, like extended family trip to Florida. Okay, and and it was just after Christmas, which is very strange to spend Christmas in Florida when there's no. It's it was hot, and there was no snow. Christmas lights and palm trees and stuff like that. It was very strange, but uh, yeah. So it's it's been a while since I've been on a plane.
1: Okay, so here's the thing about uh, when we were at the airport. Uh, MSP is a great airport. I think we can all agree on that. Like, and I think it's nat- like ranked nationally as one of the best airports. In the United States, big enough to have every flight you need and have a lot of the amenities you need, but also not like so trafficked enough that it's overcrowded and overrun and like people are running around with their heads on fire. The Orlando airport is the MCO is one where it's too busy. Like there's just, so I'm not going to say like the airport is poorly run, but that airport has way too many people going through it for things to just happen smoothly. That'll be the... That'll be the best defense of it. But the thing about it is uh, it's not so much the airport because the thing about airport etiquette, Corey, is that you need to expect something to go wrong at the flying bus station. Like something is going to happen. There's federal regulations everywhere for good reason. And you are constantly like everybody's always on edge at the airport. I get it. And that's not wrong. But also... Like, relax. You're on, like, either, like, you don't need to panic as much as people panic. So when we got to Orlando, we were waiting, my wife and my wife's parents and her brother, we were all just waiting casually for our luggage. And there were two different spots. There was A and B. We are told to go to A. And over in B was, like, Air Canada and that spot. Well, in our spot, we saw luggage coming out. And we're like, perfect. We just got here our luggage is going to get here. We're going to walk out and get to our our Uber and we're going to get to the hotel. Uh, No, turns out all the tags have uh, the Canadian flag on them for some reason. And everybody behind us waiting for luggage is in Toronto Blue Jays or Maple Leafs gear. Uh, Turns out it was supposed to be B and not A, but it's like a 20 feet away. So we just walk across, we're waiting. Uh, The conveyor belt starts, a couple pieces of luggage get there, and all of a sudden, uh, one of the pieces of luggage gets stuck in the doorway. And so the rest of the luggage can't get through. So they have to stop the conveyor belt. And when they do that, that means that everybody's freaking out because they can't get their luggage. And some people can see their suitcase. It's right there, but it's over this little wall, and they don't want to walk up to the conveyor belt and onto it and grab it. But everybody's waiting patiently for all of five seconds before a guy gets up on there and he's like yelling at the workers like I can help you do you need help I can just grab it just I I can do it uh, I get like freaking out uh, says it multiple times first of all the guy helping uh, was speaking Spanish so there's no way he was understanding what the guy was saying entirely uh, and this just kept going. And there was like an older uh, grandma in a different family that was getting antsy. And you just hear people buzzing like, this is unacceptable. And this is this. And that guy is like getting up on to the conveyor belt, trying to like, or tell like order traffic and say, and everybody's yelling. They're trying to yell through like the, the little plastic danglies that are hanging through. They're like, you gotta, you gotta do this. You gotta do that. Everybody. And meanwhile, me and my wife are just sitting there going, what's going on? Like, what's happening? Just do your job. Like, just let them do their job. It's fine. And in 15 minutes, the conveyor belt turns on and everybody gets their luggage and everybody goes home, but not for the panic and consternation of people. My point is the moral of the story is all of this. If you are at the airport, expect something to go wrong. And if it goes wrong, you're going to be okay. Just relax. Uh, Because this is, you're just ruining everybody else's time. Like that's the biggest thing.
0: Yeah, there's uh there's a, a severe lack of patience at airports, it seems. I mean, you see it, you see it when you're when you're getting ready to load the plane, right? Right. I, I mean, some of it is built in, right? Where they start right. telling you you better show up two hours early, you better get there in plenty of time, and then finally, after after 90 minutes of waiting, they're like, We're ready to board zone one, and everybody who's Who and most people in an airport, especially when most people are going to a vacation sort of destination like you, most of those people have not flown often. So even though they have little
1: kids or their
0: their ticket says zone three, and it doesn't matter. They just freak out and they stand up, and now you're in everybody's way. And no, we can't let you on yet. You're it's the the there is a severe lack of patience that happens in all airports. That is just. It's not going to get you to where you need to be any quicker. It's going to be, it. it's the standing up when the plane lands, like where right. are you going? You're in the back row. It's the, we're moving still. Like, just calm, just calm down. I know we're close. I know it's exciting. I know you're ready to stand up, but get out of the, what are you doing?
1: Knock it off. I, people suck in the airport. Well, and yeah, like give people a little bit of grace to do their job. Like it's fine. If something goes wrong, whatever, it's going to be okay. But yeah, like you said, like people land on the plane and it's like the, the way you do it is you let the front row get off, the second row get off, the third row get off and you let everybody file out. And if you're towards the middle or even the back, you just sit and you just let it happen. But like you said, some of these people they get up and they're freaking out, they're grabbing their bags and they're going and you're trying to cut in front of people and it's like, to what, be five seconds faster? I get it if you have a plane to catch or if you have something. Like, I get it. But a majority of people, that's not the case. Like, no. you are just being antsy for the sake. And and the, the moral of the story is with that person who was, like, up on the conveyor belt, and like, really panicking and trying to, like, move things along. Uh, we found him at our same hotel. And we all were waiting for over an hour for our room to be ready. So congratulations. It's all the hurry up and we got to get everything ready. And and you get there and you're like, we landed at like nine in the morning. Your hotel is not even close to being ready. Like just chill. Like you got, you got time. That's the, always the biggest thing with some of that is everything. Uh, There's a, there's a line from a TV show that I can't remember where it just says the guy and he go, I don't know. Things just kind of work out for me. And that's the thing that you just need to realize at when you're traveling, things will just kind of work themselves out. Like you lose, uh, you'll lose something. Something didn't happen the way you wanted. Yeah. Right. You're going to live. Like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, right. they're, they're, I'm, I'm off my soapbox. I will say
0: as, as someone who has traveled with kids, there is a difficulty that comes with that. Yeah. That is, that is, um, you, you, what you feel though, is you feel everybody else's anxious energy. Right. And maybe it's real. Maybe it isn't. Maybe you put it on yourself, but there is this, like, you don't want to be the ones who are holding everybody else up because you have kids and because you know what everybody's, there is that weird, like you, you start to get antsy, like, come on, let's go. When you're trying to drag a four-year-old along through the airport. And that's actually there. Hopefully that's when people are extra cool and, and are complimentary. And that's what I remember from that last trip was we had, you know, two small kids with us at the time and, and they, and everybody else was, when it came to us, like, there's a little patience here. you Everything's fine. It's no rush. Meanwhile, you're like, come on, just put it, just put it away. Put your shoes back on. Come on. We got to go. Right. Well, <laughs> so there, there is some, like it, it is, um, there's some natural pressures in airports because, Things are so timed and whatever, but generally speaking, yeah, people just, just relax, please.
1: Right. Well, and so we went to Disney world, which is just a whole thing in and of itself of just people everywhere. And, uh, like, you know, the hustle and bustle of like the Brainerd or Alexandria Walmart. Sometimes I'm like, geez, there are so many people just let me walk and get my stuff. And, then I'm like, never mind. I'm not going to complain for a while. I'll go back to complaining in like a few months, but for now I'll be a little, I'll be a little more grateful, but it's like you say, it goes into like the, that just give everybody a little bit of grace while you're traveling. Cause everybody's got somewhere to be. So like just you do your thing and let them do theirs and it's going to be fine. And yeah, it's like people just get a little. Eh. I have a, I have a, a
0: question about airports and okay. like, like airplane staff. I know nothing about this. So I'm, 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 legitimately asking is is a work day for like a pilot or a flight attendant or whatever is it a flight to and from someplace it's a good like question. like like is there eight hour day for your pilot who flew you from minneapolis to orlando what uh, like is that if does, that he, there, does he
1: like fly you back to Minneapolis? Yeah, it, is
0: and that's that his day? that first flight? If that was his first flight of the day, does he stay in the airplane and fly the next flight to wherever that goes back to, and then his day is done? Or are they doing like, are they pulling fifteen-hour days? Are the flight attendants like they they're they're on the eight forty plane from Minneapolis to Orlando? We're going to stay on this plane. We're going to get those people from Orlando to New York. We'll fill out our paperwork, stay overnight. We're done for the day. What is
1: a, is it an eight hour day? How does that work? You know, I, I'm sure that there's a lot of federal guidelines when it comes to like, when you yeah. get done flying a plane, what is, cause like, it's the rule with bus drivers. If you drive for four hours, you're mandated to take a four hour break. Like when we took like school trips with the charter bus, it was always like four, every four hours we stopped. Because the bus drivers would have to switch drivers, so like, I wonder if it's something like that. Where like, if you do a flight longer than this many hours, you need to be, you are not allowed to fly a plane for so many hours. I'm not sure, or like, if you go to Orlando, is so it like okay now you're going on our Orlando to Cancun flight or something like that? And I, yeah, I'm not sure how that all, hmm. how that all works. I we we got to get our aerial expert in here yeah. somewhere. We gotta yeah, find pilots.
0: Pilots, uh, 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 email us what the answer
1: is. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Let's talk Super Bowl. Uh, We've pushed this off enough. Uh, So the Super Bowl happened last night. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs win their third uh, in the Mahomes era. Uh, Officially now, there's a tweet that's been making the rounds after uh, Mahomes won his first Super Bowl, talking about how he'd already got like 33% of Aikman's touchdown passes and like only playing 14% of Aikman's total games and aikman said well i have three times the amount of super bowls that he has or something like that and now everyone's like uh the tweet going around is patrick mahomes that was 100 of troy aikman's super bowls (laughs) uh so mahomes is officially like everything about the the chiefs they're the dynasty of the 2020s that is now every like the last two decades were the patriots the 90s was the Cowboys, the 80s was the 49ers, the 70s was the Steelers. Like you can go back and back and back. Um, the 2020s are now the the decade of the Chiefs. Yep.
0: Yeah, they're um uh they're amazing. He Mahomes got his third MVP. He ties Montana with three MVPs. Um, he's goaded like like he's an all timer, as if he wasn't anyway. He but already has more playoff Mahomes, wins
1: than Peyton Manning.
0: Yep. Yeah, if he gets run over by a bus in the Super Bowl parade, he is a first ballot Hall of Famer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's 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 one of the most impressive things we have ever seen, um, and fortunately in our lifetime, we have also seen the greatest of all time in Tom right. Brady. It's been kind of an incredible run of uh, for for all time great quarterbacks, and what Mahomes has yet to do is is pretty impressive, especially when you consider. That this Chiefs team was pretty imperfect, right? Especially offensively. Like everything they did offensively this year was was you probably he he probably deserves more credit for what they got done offensively
1: because they kind of stunk. Well, and that's the biggest thing is Patrick Mahomes. This was the year his wide receiver stunk outside of Travis Kelsey, and Travis Kelsey did not have all year. Right, he did not have like a spectacular season up until he got rested for the playoffs and then turns out he's Travis Kelsey. And, and uh, you know, they, the, de- the, the sleeper though, is that this chiefs defense was legit. Uh, really good. They really were good. really, really good. And it's gotten to the point now with the chiefs where it's, they're in the new England status of like, they're going to be a one or two seed almost every year. But even when they're not, that doesn't mean you count them out. Like it's the, somebody had a tweet yesterday that said, I will not pay attention to the Chiefs in the regular season anymore. Like, we just, their goal is just get 10 wins, get into the postseason, and we're going to do our thing. And mm. that's where they're at. So they had an offensive line that wasn't as good. They had to travel to Germany this year. They did not get a first round bye in the playoffs. Patrick Mahomes had to go on the road in Buffalo and in Baltimore and win those games. And, I mean, the whole team did, but, you know, Patrick Mahomes had to play the first road playoff games of his career and won against the MVP and against Josh Allen. I mean, everything that guy, like there's, it's, you mentioned it, like the, he followed up the goat in Tom Brady. And now, and I mentioned his off air, the next level of Patrick Mahomes is not, you know, is he the, like, it's the, it's not, is he a hall of famer? It's not, is this a dynasty? All those boxes have been checked. Now it's the, he's going to spend the rest of his career in the LeBron James, Michael Jordan arc. Cause LeBron James, it wasn't like a, like there wasn't really a lot of like overlap between LeBron and MJ, but there wasn't, think there was any, right. I don't think there was any overlap. Exactly. And so there was a little bit of overlap between <laughs> Brady and Mahomes, but the point yes. is, is that like the, the rest of Mahomes' career, we're going to have the MJ LeBron debate with Brady and Mahomes. It's already started. Like, there's already people yesterday who call Patrick Mahomes the goat. Like, and they're not right. They're not wrong. Like, this is going to happen now. So, and Mahomes is 28 years old. So, I'm glad that the next 12 years are going to be full of this great discourse.
0: Well, and 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 Brady played until he was in his 40s. So, we're right. talking about, like, barring something catastrophic happening to Patrick Mahomes. We're talking about a guy who's got another... Dozen years, a decade plus of games to be played. Um, it's pretty special that that we get to watch this stuff. But I think it's I think it's very cool. That's a good like overarching look at the at the Super Bowl. A look back. What did you think about all of the festivities, kind of in general? Because I will tell you what I thought first. Um, first of all, we didn't go to like a Super Bowl party, so the energy is down just because of that at our house. Right. Um, God bless Reba McIntyre. The anthem was okay. Right. Right. Chris Stapleton did one of the all-time great anthems a year ago.
1: It's and hard followed it
0: up. So to be able to follow that up, also as an aside, have you noticed how um, the halftime show has been a particular genre of music for the last decade or so? Yep. Pop, pop music and pop whatever, R&B, and yeah. and R and B and hip hop. The anthems, they're giving the anthems and God Bless Americas and those sorts of things to very strong country music vibes. That is how right. they're
1: splitting up the, the talent as far as that goes. Have you noticed that? Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny because I think particularly like if you're a country music listener. And re like Reba or Chris Stapleton gets the anthem, you really are in it. You're like, yeah, they got the anthem. Like that's right. like really cool. Uh, but yeah, actually, you know, you know who sang God bless America it was Post Malone.
0: Well, Post Malone did it, that, but he did acoustic guitar and it was right, as it was country as it goes,
1: I think. Right, exactly. It's it's interesting, yeah. Like, I didn't think of it that way, but it makes total sense why they're doing it that way. Yeah, uh, they haven't so, had a country music person, what in like 30 years do the yeah, halftime show.
0: And they probably never will. They probably never will.
1: There's something a little. In terms of like broad appeal, like they're. And and production. And
0: production too. Like I saw Zach Brown Band work. uh, I will bring this back, I promise. But I saw Zach Brown Band at WeFest. Unbelievable show that they put on. Unbelievable show. But that is a stage with a camera. And it's like a sitcom. It all happens in front of you. When you have Lady Gaga or you have Bruno Mars or you have Usher. And they're dancing and they're going all over the world. Right. Like there's a production, there's a production, like it's a three, six, it's a, it's a theater in the round. And a lot of country music doesn't do theater in the round They're They're straight on productions. So I think that's a a little part of it. Anyway, going back, um, the Anthem was just, was fine. The first half of football, eh, I don't know. Like if you love defenses, cool. Um, I'm an, I'm an idiot. I don't know anything about football and defenses. Like I want to watch some action. And there was not a lot of action. The halftime show was okay until little John and ludicrous came out. Then I was like, all right, now we're into this. And thank God the second half of football and overtime was,
1: was there because it was, it was a little slow there for a while. Right. Well, and the Super Bowl is it's the funniest thing because the Super Bowl is such a big event for football fans. But the NFL caters it to the casual fan because they want as many eyeballs on the screen as they do. It's why they make a big deal into the halftime show. It's why Taylor Swift is as highly publicized as she is. It's why the commercials are such a big deal. Like all of this stuff is for the casual viewer. And in that first half is like that. It's not even like there's a difference between bad football and a defensive slugfest. That was a defensive slugfest. Those were two good defenses stymieing productive to elite offenses. And uh, the second half was more action. And that's what brings back in the casual viewer. Uh, The casual going to overtime keeps the casual, like making it close at the end. That's all for the casual viewer. Like that, all that stuff. And also
0: good coaching, right?
1: Like good coaching in the first
0: half to get a defensive battle. Great adjustments in the second half to exactly. uh, uh, figure out how to so from that aspect of it, really great. But it right. it took a
1: while to get to that excitement. It took a little bit to get there, yeah. Uh overall, I and of course I watched all the first half. I was at a Super Bowl party at a friend's in Fergus Falls. And so at halftime, after the halftime show, I was like, okay, I wanted to leave right at halftime, but by the time I got all my stuff together and left, the halftime show was over. And so I'm I got back at about the to my house at about the two minute warning. Uh, in the game, and so I watched that in overtime. Uh, so I missed like the back and forth affair, but I was able to see the ending, which was great. Um, is there anything I guess with does Do you think this is like a, a top Super Bowl all time for you? Like, would you put it in the like the the uh, uh, try, like the Ben Roethlisberger throwing that pass in the corner of the end zone against Arizona, or like the the interception by Malcolm Butler? or the come 28 to three, where do, does this Super Bowl rank up high for you? Or is it like a, just a good game? Uh, just a really nice football game.
0: When it was all said and done, just a nice football game against the two teams that probably should have been there from the beginning. Um, two pretty imperfect teams from, from a pretty imperfect NFL season. Right. That was capped off with, with potentially the next greatest of all time. Like exactly. I, I I, I I don't know. I don't have like any complaints about it, but I don't have any. I have one highlight, honestly, from this game, yep. and that is at two fifty eight on Sunday afternoon. My friend texted the group thread and said, "Who you all got tonight?" and over under nine and a half mentions or shots of Taylor Swift. And at three fifteen, here it is. There's the timestamp. You can you can screen grab it for you at 3:15 i responded and said i think kc wins in overtime and over on taylor swift i spent so much time thinking about that game and about each of these teams and who i thought was better and who i thought was worse and i couldn't figure out who was better or worse it 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 finally made sense to me that that they were about even and if you're going to give patrick mahomes the opportunity he's going to he's going to take it And I called it one of the greatest calls of all time. Kansas City in overtime with the victory is an unbelievable. That's the highlight for me is I am either the greatest Super Bowl mind of our generation or of all time. I will accept
1: either. (laughs) Well, and see, the ballsy thing for you is you went overtime because only one other Super Bowl went to overtime in, in like all 58 of them. Like, yeah, th- that was, there was only one up until that point. I saw somebody predict double overtime and they were three seconds away. <laughs> if they would have stopped it, if they were one play away, if the chiefs did not get a touchdown on that play, they're kicking a field goal and we're doing it all again in double overtime, which would have been, would have been just really cool. I wanted to see it from like a, this had never happened before, but yeah. <laughs> um, Did you buy a lottery ticket afterwards or did you use up all your, No, it knowledge?
0: didn't even occur to me that I should, that was something I should have bet on. I, I, I don't know how to properly express to you how wholeheartedly I believed in that. Like sometimes I get into the habit of watching a twins game and I just call, I just predict home runs for every twins batter that comes to the plate. And eventually you're right. Right. You know, this was now, I was like, I think these, I think these two teams are going to be evenly matched. It's going to be low scoring
1: and it's going to go to overtime and I'm brilliant. Is my point. (laughs) Uh okay, so let's finish up our Super Bowl discussion with a couple things. Uh, what was your favorite and least favorite commercial?
0: Favorite commercial was probably early. The uh, the the first bit of excitement happened back to back. They uh, San Francisco kind of ran that that trick play, mm-hmm. uh, and McCaffrey scored, and then I think the first commercial after that touchdown was the Dunkin' Donuts commercial. With Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and JLo and whoever else was in it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably my favorite one of the night. And my least favorite were probably the rest of them. I can't even, I don't even have one that stands out in my head otherwise.
1: Right. Well, and Super Bowl ads have devolved, I think. They've gotten worse over the years. Oh, because- the
0: Robert F. Kennedy one was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh. (laughs) I forgot about that one. I do remember that one. That one stood out to me. I'm like, that guy spent all his money on a Super Bowl ad. We're never going to hear from him
1: again. (laughs) Uh, The thing about Super Bowl ads is that they've just devolved into, hey, a celebrity is doing a thing. And I think Mountain Dew was the biggest uh, casualty of that because they do it every year where it's like, here's two people that used to be in a show together. Now they're in an ad. They share five yep. seconds of screen time and they both didn't do any like, you know, last year was Walter White and it was Brian Cranston and whoever plays Jesse and Breaking Bad and yep. they and the ad was a little clever, but like still I don't like that particular type of ad because it's lazy. Like I missed when Mountain Dew just threw puppy monkey baby at us. Like they were they were just meant to be weird and creative and grab your eyes. Now, like getting Aubrey Plaza and Nick Offerman from Parks and Rec to just being a Mountain Dew commercial, not good. My favorite commercial of the night, weirdly enough, uh was the Minions ad for Despicable Me 4 that just made fun of AI art. That was my
0: oh. that was my
1: favorite. <laughs> one. That one where they just nice. made fun of AI and how mm-hmm. ridiculous it is. Uh yeah. so that was that was probably my favorite one. Uh you know, least favorite one. Uh I probably the Mountain Dew one just because of it's just very emblematic of like what Super right. Bowl ads have just become, which is just paying celebrities to just be in the commercial. There was
0: there was an Uber Eats one that was along the same line. I and heard Jennifer down. Aniston and 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 there there was one part in because Usher was also in that one, and they were talking about how you got to forget something to, re- to remember to do the next thing. And Usher was like, "I hope to one day do the Super Bowl halftime show." And it was like the first ad out of the halftime show. So it was, it was, they picked their spot really well. Like that part was, was fairly clever. clever. I appreciated, but it was right along the same lines of like, no, we'll just put people together who are always, we know them together and we'll just ride that pony.
1: Exactly. Uh, There was a Doritos that I heard where it was like, I missed it, but my wife was explaining it to me as I was driving home where uh, it was like two old ladies fighting over a bag of Doritos with another guy. And at the very end, like it ends up with the two old ladies, like both T-boning the car on the side to prevent this man from getting Doritos, uh, which, you know, he just like me for real, for real. Uh, so <laughs> that's my, that's my super, that's all I have to say on the Super Bowl ads. They're all mad. Yep. The Super Bowl halftime show. I always say it's fine. And like a very passive, like, I don't, I, they're just not for me. I don't really care. It's, it is what it is. I don't, if you love it or hate it, it doesn't matter. I me. have liked, I have liked almost all of them. And, I get the same and, level of enjoyment out of most of them,
0: yeah. And and I think I probably get more enjoyment out of most of them than you do. I think people love it's it's kind of fun now to hate on them. Um, especially you know, we work at a country music radio station, so that the the fan base of Usher and a country music radio station are not the same, so we run into a lot of people who are like that is not for me at all. I happen to like all of them, um. Uh, And this one was, this was the first time actually as as it was
1: happening, I was like, oh
0: my gosh, I have an opinion.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I mean, we can all agree though, that everything kind of just came to a head with Prince. Like nobody's been able to top that halftime show, but that's kind of the gold standard. That's the gold but, standard. You know,
0: Mars was really good, and Lady Gaga was really good. And I don't care what anybody says, Katy Perry and Left Shark was really fun. It was so weird. That was a fun halftime show. I have liked almost all the stage for the Usher halftime show was insane. It made me giggle when they were all in roller skates, but the stage was in was unbelievable. Right, so I'm I'm typically in the on weekend getting shows. trapped in a house of mirrors a couple of years ago. That was also yeah. a thing.
1: Yeah, I don't know uh,
0: any of the weekend
1: songs, but the whole thing it was fun. Whatever, yeah. I'm an idiot. I don't know anything. All right, one last take, and then we'll call it a day for the sports desk. Uh, so here's my Super Bowl take with the Vikings uh, and how this can. Re- here's my one. I try not to every year. Everybody goes, "What can we learn from this year's playoffs?" And it's always, I always find it like lacking substance because it's always like be Patrick Mahomes, be Tom Brady. That's how you win in the playoffs. There you go. Uh but this is the ghost to show for Vikings fans that complain about their coaches. Uh every fan base complains about their coach. Every single fan base. There were Chiefs fans in mid November that were sick of Andy Reid. So, like, that's not to say that coaches can't be criticized or you can't have opinions on coaches. It's to say, generally speaking, every fan base feels like their coach stinks. And the Vikings have a coach that he's not proven to have sustained success, but also he's proven to not suck. So let's, like, chill. Everybody had a lot of O'Connell takes, especially since Harbaugh's re-entered the NFL. Um, Let's all – my main thing is, like, let's all chill out. Remember Chiefs fans – got upset over Andy Reed. So I think everybody needs to like explore things from a 30,000 foot view.
0: If I learned anything, it's that our defense stinks and it needs to get better. The Vikings have, have a lot of, they, holes. Have, they have enough on offense to win a super bowl.
1: They have nothing on defense to win. A super nothing bowl. on defense to win. a Super Absolutely bowl. nothing. So that'll be fun to talk about as the draft gets closer. Cause now, yep. now the free agency stuff really heats up. So if you thought we hadn't talked enough about Kirk Cousins, here we go. Let's this is, speculation season begin. Here we go. This has been the Morning Sports Desk for Monday, February 12th.
0: The Morning Sports Desk, available on demand on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and wadinaradio.com.